Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Justine Brubelard, Serena Dixon, and Allison Weaver. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. On this episode, we will be critiquing the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, episode seven and eight. As our show will feature a lot of critiques, we also want to ensure that we provide possible solutions or suggestions for how different improvements could have been made and praise things that went well. We aim to be balanced and thorough. Check out our Patreon for exclusive subscriber benefits and merch if you like what you hear. Our link is available in our show notes. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our discussion. Okay, let's go to the episode eight and uh, quick, quick take care of this episode. I do have, before we jump to episode eight, this spans, this spans over them. Muriel's. Yeah. Thoughts? I have a problem with it. In general. But why do we flip back and forth from eyes covered, eyes not covered, eyes covered, eyes not covered? And when she starts covering her eyes, it kind of has this like, okay, if she goes outside, her eyes need to be covered. And I'm thinking, you know, like logistically for medical reasons, you don't want debris and junk getting in your eyes if you're outside. Mm. But like, I mean, but also usually like if you're struggling with blindness, like that could possibly be temporary blindness keeping your eyes covered like pretty much most of like as much as you can is preferable mm-hmm. right yeah so like even if you're inside you need to have that shit wrapped up and so like mm. this this is just what i'm thinking while i'm watching this yeah. and, like we go I, back and forth with scenes and i'm like mm. it was fine for me in seven because you know how they portrayed it the only part i didn't I, I, the only part I would have liked to have seen is if they had expanded on how she got her eyes hurt. Um, <laughs> you know, because all we really see is her in the, you know, running through the destroyed town in the ash. And the she was able building. to see when she found Isildur mm. and helped him. Um, and then she wasn't. Um, so I was like, wait, how, how is she not fine? But everybody else is, um, the one moment I did not think was a good idea was what you were saying, where she's talking to Elendil in the, under the ship or, you know, under below decks and she doesn't have any kind of, Mm -hmm. well, not even just eye cover, like her eyes covered it. Her eyes didn't look. I would have liked to have seen her eyes being like visibly damaged. Unless it was, but that we don't know blindness. if it's temporary or not. It could be temporary blindness. Yeah, I. I mean, either way, I wish they would have played that up a little more because it seemed a bit theater esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're pretending to be blind, but you're actually not. Okay, so what had happened was 
she's going back into the burning building where a sealed door is. And so this beam above her kind of like collapses a little bit. She gets some ash in her eye and she's all like, oh my gosh. Uh, and then the so beam she, totally collapses and she like, so, okay, so she, she got hot embers stuffers. in her eyes. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense then. She got burned. Her eyes got burned essentially. But again, you'd think they would at least look damaged to some degree. Or just have that happen for more than one second. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was it's literally like milliseconds where it happens. And I knew something happened with the falling building, but I couldn't. I had to slow it when down I'm... to see what actually happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Who was surprised by which Harfoots went after Gandalf? I wasn't surprised. I wouldn't say I was surprised. I was like, oh, I really like that they changed their mind about him. No, they've been they've been very anti this dude, even though he's done nothing but trying his best to help them. And now they're like, oh, he's in trouble. He's done all. No, they had that pivotal moment of, I forget if it was a big speech or something, but they had that pivotal moment where they, they were basically, it was put in their face that he's been trying to help us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the okay, we need, to, we need to pay him. Like, we need to, you know, help him back. Um, and I did like, who was it, Malva? Malva, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, good. You've had a, you're having a good character moment instead of being that cranky old woman. You also (laughs) saved her life. Um, What? I said, he also saved, specifically saved her life. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was just surprised Nori's mom went. I I was a little bit surprised with um, Mr. Barrows. Mm, with Sarah. Mm. I think I think Nori was helping them to see like they can do mm-hmm. they're capable of more than just hiding and roaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a big pivotal moment between her and her mom. Mm-hmm. That her mom like went and then leading into the next episode when her mom like gives her her blessing or whatever and is like, no, you're different. Go adventure. I love Do you. Don't be afraid. Yeah, <laughs> be bold. <laughs> I mean, the, the one line would say, from, <laughs> the, the one line from, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the one that has always stood out to me the most, and this might sound cliche because of my own height, but when Gladriel tells Frodo even the smallest person can change the course of the future and that's kind of what Nori does without realizing it she does Mm -hmm. what she thinks is the right thing to do even if everybody else is telling her it's not our business Mm -hmm. and as we could see throughout the the episodes is you know her helping the stranger became big deal for all of them mm. um, and help them all grow as characters and as a group and as a community. 
and help him understand who he was and what he was, you know, meant for. Therefore, yeah. I'm still real butthurt about how they treated him, though, a few well, times. Which I totally blame on, like, Malva. A combination of writing and direction. But uh, it was Malva. Malva was the very, like, <laughs> suspicious. Well, blame it on know. Malva. <laughs> yeah, Malva didn't was very no no distrusting no no. no. I'm fine with Malva. That's Malva's character, girl. She did Fair. it right. But what I have a problem with is the out of character reactions to Ooh. like the pond icing over, the dropping of the branch. Like if y'all are I gathering mean, around to watch him do a bit something big and crazy, like here's the and thing. Though. You're all super careful people. Why are you going to let your kid get that close? Huh? Right? Here's the thing though. They're really going to do that. They don't <laughs> fully understand what he's capable of. He he doesn't even understand what he's capable of because he doesn't remember what he can and cannot do and, and mm-hmm. to extent to what extent. So yeah, they were excited about like the pond thing with him trying to heal his arm and Nori being much too curious for her own good. Um, you know, that was everything that's happened that that hasn't gone well has all been an accident on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, he's no, not- I agree, but it's just slightly out of character reactions like Nori. Well, her whole character is trying to protect and take care of other people and do the right thing to yeah. her own detriment a lot of times. Mm, so like but- she would have been hurt and scared and freaked out. But like she would have also tried to hide that from him. Not I mean- fully like. If you're three foot tall and you've got a seven foot tall person that can do these crazy magical things that nobody understands, I'd be pretty freaking scared, too, when my arm freezes and thinking I'm about to lose my arm or die. And then, you know, the tree. I mean, Mm -hmm. think of him as like prey. Like a prey predator dynamic. Like they're super cautious because they're trying to survive. And everybody else is, you know, a, a threat for them. Mm-hmm. So they don't understand who Harold. this guy is. Um, and and they don't know what he... I mean, he's speaking in another language. They don't know what that means. They don't know what he's saying. They, they could very well think he's putting a curse on him because they, they can't speak that language. And he, at that, in those moments, he doesn't know the extent of his powers and he doesn't know how to control them either. I mean, we, we do see later how what he was doing had these great outcomes, like bringing the life back to the tree and it having, you know, the apples for them to, to pick and to have food to eat. But um, in the moment, they were like, oh my God, he's trying to kill us mm. like they keep thinking mm. he's gonna kill them <laughs> basically they, so like they, we don't know if we can really trust him yet because he's kind of scary um, it's kind of like any time that you're dealing with something that's completely out of your comfort zone you know it takes mm-hmm. and yeah i think i think Lori running away when her with the, the pawn scene was Maybe a little of an overreaction, but I could kind of see in her face that my thought process watching it was she looks like she thinks she's going to die. 
So mm. when she does, and she's just kind of like, I just need to get away. Like, I, I'm freaked out. I need to get away. I need to think about this alone and calm down. Because um, when I'm really in a heightened state like that, especially a negative emotion and in a very heightened state, uh, I need to decompress mm-hmm. by myself. That's right. Or with somebody I'm very, I can trust. Um, so I, from that point of view, I completely understand why she freaked out and ran away. Um, and the tree thing, that was an accident. The tree was burnt. So mm-hmm. some of the branches coming down is kind of normal. Could have happened with a wind, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. How about the thing where uh, Gandalf confronts the these uh, cultists? Speaking of, what did you think of the oh the whole causes of that? That was neat. How they disguise the one disguised themselves as Nori, and that transition was an interesting. It was it was a combination of it's actually a, a lot of practical effects, which was neat. Yeah. Where they did the switch mm-hmm. under the cloak. I'm like, oh, that was really cool. Um, you don't. <laughs> they didn't CGI it. Thank you. Yes. Um. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've already said I don't think the characters are really necessary. I think they could have. But I mean, as far as as far as how they did it, obviously they uh, yeah um necessary, but like how they did it. I was. I know a lot of the the normal people watching really thought that was mm, great. That I mentioned at the very beginning uh, when we started talking that some of those moments really kind of were starting to solidify the it that's got to be Gandalf Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like when they had him floating on his side and his hair was draped like that looks just like when he was fighting with Saruman and Isengard right um uh it was very reminiscent of that 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 fight from a visual perspective the thing I had the biggest problem with was all the bokeh Mm. All the bokeh bubbles. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, come on, what's with all the bokeh? It's too much. It looks like you're in freaking fairyland with all the bubbles. <laughs> like, it's just, it, yeah, it was just. I couldn't ignore that. Mm. Um, and of course, when when yeah, sad outfits. Uh. Fatally wounded. Um, I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, I was, I audibly was, you know, ex- exclaimed. Because I was like, oh, he didn't serve that. But, you know, at least he didn't. I like that they held off his actual death. And I like that mm-hmm. they decided not to make it some long, drawn out event. I was bummed. I felt it well, like it was an opportunity missed that he didn't verbally invite Gandalf to sit down and watch the sunrise with them. I don't yeah. think they were even thinking about that. I think they were just, I don't know, they were kind of in their own little world. But then again, I also have a lot more experience being the third wheel, so to speak. I liked how we could see Lyndon a little bit better after mm-hmm. and then they actually, mm-hmm. actually oh, yeah. a little bit more of their Big budget text. in there that was yes 
that was much better for me. And as far as they didn't destroy the lighting completely in Linden this time. I felt like the lighting overall was better these two episodes. And just to jump back to the cultist for a hot minute, I did, I was kind of annoyed by the whole dropping of the apple trope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's been in every movie ever. (laughs) Right. It's a classic. But other than that, you know, I I didn't have, like, big problems with it. Huh? I said, I wish they wouldn't. I wish they would use some of these other symbolisms that there are for these kind of things. Mm-hmm. There are so many. So many that we could choose from. And you had to pick the apple. What is this? No white in the sun. Like, I get it. Nori gave it to him. But like, at the same time, why? Anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I really oh, did. I did appreciate Linda being able to see Linda a lot yes, more because really that, like that, that was bugging me. I'm pretty sure I voiced it before that that was bugging me is that we have only really seen it in like grease green screen in the distance. <laughs> we haven't actually seen it at all. Right. And it, it wasn't. Bummer. And before like what they showed us, whatever that location was, didn't have that much budget apparently or time. So we couldn't really. We couldn't really experience what they were trying to do for example yeah and i like for example when they are um where's this at the after they're done with the healing the healing fake healing sauron thing mm-hmm. whatever he did when he was still in his acting mode right and then they go to mm-hmm. that outdoor scene thing, I guess it's outdoor, where there's the conversation between Galadriel and Elrond, where Galadriel's feeling a little bit more normal. And they have that that one little lamp thing. The lighting came from mm-hmm. the right place finally, and it actually looks good what they were trying to do outside. I was I was much more happy about that. Of course, that interaction between the two of them, I thought worked too, because they're finally like, oh, <laughs> I was wrong. Anyway. But were they wrong? <laughs> right. That's the question. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Anyway, let's see. What other things from episode eight stuck out to you guys? Because then we can we can wrap this up. Because um, we don't have as much to say about episode eight. Well, I already the... mentioned the fight. <laughs> uh, I already talked about Gandalf's unconfirmed Gandalf's, <laughs> uh, you know, final line. Uh, um, let's see what else. I'm trying to think. I still don't like Gilgalad. Mostly yeah. on a casting level. He does not look like an elf ever. I did like... Okay, so the one criticism, besides the bokeh and the the fight scene, um, the only other thing that really stood out to me as far as something I would have done differently was when Elrond comes back in to the forge or the workshop, and he has the scroll. And mm-hmm. 
it cuts to well we see that he sees uh Galadriel and uh was it Celebrimbor um mm-hmm. and we see the the rings being made which was really neat although mm-hmm. didn't seem Love to that be sequence. realistic but whatever they're elves magic <laughs> and that did kind of pull me out I was like mm, that doesn't seem to make sense but whatever um, they briefly cut back to Elrond and you know his concern about the scroll and they 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 cut that in between them showing off the rings right and they should have done they, if I had been editing this I would have put that right when he came in. That's fair. And then, and then, you know, been able to focus the rest of the last couple minutes on the rings, which I think they didn't need to focus on. They they kind of did those overhead shots more than once. Well, they did do the overhead shots more than once, and it felt a little much. I think just having the one, you know, main shot of the three rings. You know, and we all know which one's Gladrails. We right. all know who the three rings go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut this if I'm wrong, but it's not Gilgalad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that was neat that they focused on the, the creation of the three rings. And yeah, my the I just some of the editing they did with that particular section and sequence just was bit amateurish from my point of view i would have personally cut it you know uh put the scenes the shots in a different order um Mm -hmm. and not doubled up on a couple of them because i i really hate when shows reuse shots especially Mm. really close to each other it's like hey Mm -hmm. you're being cheap (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and not lazy. like when they reuse them it's fine if you reuse it in a different and episode it like, yeah not just don't do it back point. to back okay mm-hmm. do it later when people forget about it not the very next I, episode because you're gonna go wait what <laughs> right i did appreciate the, the nod what kind of and i thought about bringing this up earlier when you mentioned the water scene with um with Durin and Disa mm-hmm. and how it nodded to like the eye of Sauron. And so when he, when he plopped the mithril in the molten yeah. dagger, it was like very eye of Sauron. And I was like, yes, yes. Well done. Yes. We appreciate it. So Interesting because I didn't, my take on that was it actually made me think of Mount Doom and the lava, not so much Sauron's eye, but I was thinking, I mean, maybe I should go back and look at that moment, but um, yeah, it just was like, hey, that kind of looks like lava. Mm. <laughs> but, and I felt it was a fitting end for them to use the dagger as mm-hmm. you know, the the material to make the, the three rings, one of which Gladril has, and therefore Especially she always has at- the, her, her brother's dagger, dagger with her in a way. Mm-hmm. And especially if we now look at it the way you said of her, like kind of 
switching to like diplomacy versus like being a soldier and a warrior and a commander maybe diplomacy and like that's like her last blade yeah i mean she's switching more to i don't know i'm i mean i just diplomacy was the first thing that came to my mind but i'm also thinking more of like being on the strategy end of the fight on the you know instead of yeah instead of being on the, the front line she's gone you know back to the 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 you know the safe zone to kind mm-hmm. of help decide what the best thing to do is yeah she um, seems to be more more thoughtful instead of just out on a rant mm-hmm. yeah she was too fixated on her personal vendetta which she's i don't want to say quite come to terms with but has decided it's not for the the best and it's not going to help anyone if she keeps putting all these people in danger for herself for her own um, right what's up with the phallic symbol in freaking Numenor anyway oh that's so funny I missed that then okay (laughs) you know like Uh, I totally missed that anyways Uh, never mind (laughs) it's just a random (laughs) Like I just noticed it because I noticed the, like the you know the destruction symbolism or the, yeah anyway the eye you know the eye on top of the thing, ah I forget what it's called, like the, the cycle, because when mm-hmm. they come into the Numenor thing you see the phallic symbol, and it reminds me of the like the eye on top of the the pillar, right symbol. Mm-hmm. It's like something which talks about like the re. The, you get to the pinnacle and then things reset. Yeah, the, that's the what that's circle of life. What else? What else from anything else from episode eight you want to talk about? That's interesting. I really appreciated Gladriel's wardrobe finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her change in clothes. She finally had a mm-hmm. change in clothes. And um, we did see the nightgown again, but <laughs> <laughs> that whole I will say it has that to make a final appearance. Like, <laughs> the whole um, confrontation, like, sequence where she, like, re-experiences her made pivotal moments with Halbrand was... What I'm not sure if I that? liked it. <laughs> um, I was not sure how I felt about that either. But mm-hmm. tell Honestly, I skipped through some of it. I, like, looked at the, the preview window and I was like, okay, I got a gist of what happened, Skip. <laughs> I both... Camera wise, I both liked and very much disliked the close ups when they're back on the raft. Right. They're, they're like arguing in each other's face. I can't really describe why I didn't like it. Um, besides it being a bit, it just seemed, I guess, out of place because we haven't really done any, they, they didn't do anything like that style previously that I, I can recall. So. When they switch up the the camera style or the the shot style or you know the shot choices like that, you know, in the last episode, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa! That's very different from the rest of the tone of the show. And I'm not really sure what the point of the whole sequence was. I mean, maybe you guys can explain it for me, but I didn't really think it was necessary. I don't know. It's Sometimes they seem to be adding stuff just to extend 
the timeline or the amount of time mm. is in the episode. Um, <laughs> the only thing the thing I kind of chuckled at besides some of the very on the nose dialogue. I get a little like when they do two on the nose dialogue when they pretty much pull mm-hmm. dialogue out of the original movies. Um and I'm like why write your own thing. <laughs> um the only other moment was um the very end when we see Halbrand walking towards Mount Doom and he's got the big black cloak on. I'm like, you look like a Sith. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> that says in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't really have much to say more about the general general piece of the episode. But I do I do think that it will be very interesting to see what they can come up with a bit later. Mm. Because now that I feel like, okay, they tied some things together. All right. And some things worked quite well. Some things didn't work at all. At the same time, I'm really curious to see what, what the, like who they will have in the second season cast, what the writing is going to be like and la la la. Mm-hmm. I like the casting choice for Caliburn Moore, but yeah, when you're when you're saying elves are quote unquote immortal and you've got older looking actors, kind of ruins that a bit. Not that I need them to be super mm. young, but Peter Jackson, Hugo, and um, Kate when uh, Blanchett, they were what in their they were yep. middle age. They were young. Yes, they were. You know, they were. You know, I don't know what the how exactly old they were, but. Um, they were on the younger end of adulthood, <laughs> not on the older end of adulthood. Um, so that is the one thing that I, I haven't quite been able to get past besides the strangely short hair when this is the only time that I can recall us seeing elves with the short hair like this. Right. Any thoughts on Arian's scene? It, I have nothing to say about her. Anywhere. <laughs> he, he, they talked about the Palantir briefly as he was dying, and then they just stopped. I feel like it sets up things for like the future, and with the don't, don't talk about the future name. quite yet. But let's get that far last. But. I just think that's a bit. Can I say presumptuous of them to have filmed it that way, mm. without anything being confirmed at the time? Mm. I go mean, figure, I, go home. Go bigger. They did both. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think this is a good place where we can cut it, and then we can talk about what we would hope they would do for the future, what we mm. think might happen. I think this is a good place good. to stop. Mm. Also, the what other thing pride? is like the we we all the Halbrand the Halbrand's a Sauron thing. We can unpack that mm. more later. About yeah yeah. But um, anyway, I think this is a really good place to stop. The one thing, I, I have one last thing to say about yeah, sure. Halbrand that I was thinking about while I was attempting and failing at napping. I wish they had dropped more hints along the way. There were so many Easter eggs, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I missed all of them. <laughs> I was like, oh, they better not do this. That, that was me from the time I saw the character. Um, I was like, they better not do this. I mean, the only thing I... Can think of that I caught was the Southlands being Mordor. 
But it didn't really cross my mind these last eight episodes that Halbrand was the one that was Sauron. Um, and that's probably because I just didn't care about his character in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so I was pretty like much just ignoring everything you had to say. I do like that it wasn't the Uruk. You know, I mean, he dispelled that in what episode six that he wasn't Sauron but it is funny now that he actually was face to face with Sauron um I don't know I just mm-hmm. I almost want to go back and watch that scene yeah know. but I don't, I don't I think just, he did because I replayed it in my head <laughs> I feel like even though there was easter eggs that completely flew over my head um they could have made it a little bit more noticeable for the average viewer. Um, I I would have appreciated if... The only reason I'm saying this is because to me it just felt like where'd that come from? (laughs) See, I I would have... Yeah, I like that the the Galadriel's reveal of, oh, you thought you've been claiming to be the, you know, you have this crest on you and people you you said you were like in exile and now it's starting to make sense talking about it but um Mm -hmm. i like that they at least gave that inciting incident um (laughs) to um you know for her to be like i have proof that you're not who you say you are i just Mm -hmm. would have been nice if they'd done that a little sooner and not the very last episode at the very end of the very last episode so mm. i just i don't know i feel that i, I would it would have been nice if they had spent more time unpacking that i liked that they held off mm-hmm. i just wish they would have handled it differently In that I wish we would have sunk into Sauron a little bit more. And when she started to figure it out, there was more more hints for the audience, but not like Easter eggy hints, more like his acting shifted. Mm. Or like to his being more of an all-aware being, or you, like no, you know, and the weird... camera work and things like I don't know, sorry, <laughs> but like the camera work and things like in the scene when she, you know, she's she knows, and they're in the forge in Linden, and like they share these awkward like glancing back and forth sort of things, like that just felt very human to me and I wanted the editing and camera work to start making him feel less human and Mm. more like, you know, I lost the word I was looking for more Sauron. He didn't come Mm. off as sinister at all. Like truly sinister. He he was questionable. Like we weren't, we had a lot of moments where we're like, we're not sure if he's good or if he's not, but he didn't, he didn't, there was no hints of evil. 
No, but there were slip ups. There were so him. many. Uh, okay, well, they completely flew over my head. I either thought he was going to be the Witch King or Sauron, and I said, I hope he's not Sauron. I literally. I would like to learn more about the Witch King, but that's that's a side note. <laughs> so also another side note, I cannot get over how King Durin looks like Father Winter or whatever his name was. Uh, no, you had it right. You had Father Winter. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.